Starting out, I think the first, uh, shall we say, priority was for me anyways, was to eat and have a place to sleep. <laughs> and I was too embarrassed to tell my mother my life wasn't going good now, mom. I kind of made a boo-boo. So I had to figure out how to eat and how to sleep. And my budget was $2.50 a day to eat off of, but I found a way to do it. What kept me motivated, and I think what all new entrepreneurs or existing entrepreneurs should know is this. We're on this planet for so many years. If there's something you truly believe in, you can do it. If you believe in yourself, have a high quality product that people want to use and tell people about, don't give up. Hi, my name is Jason Rasnick, the CEO of Benzinga, and welcome to the Raz Report. As always, before we kick things off, I want to quickly tell you about what Benzinga is. Before I started Benzinga in 2010, there were very few places to get real-time information on financial markets. I thought it was unfair that Wall Street had access to this information before the average Joe investor. So I created Benzinga to level the playing field for you, the retail investor. Benzinga is for the people and by the people. Now, let's dive into the show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Raz Report. I am truly excited to have a legend an inspiration that has inspired so many, an entrepreneur, and one that gives back substantially. Um, many of you know him from founding some of the most successful hair, a hair company, a tequila company, but this is going to be a treat. This is a person that started with nothing, homeless, living in a car, printing the bottles black and white because that was cheaper. We'll get into that later. Um, to becoming a billionaire and... I've been looking forward to this interview. I'm going to go back to it since I, uh, many years ago, every single hairspray bottle, I kept the empty ones. I had like 32 of them because I wanted to send you a photo of them. This is back in early 2000s. I never did that, but I have the empty bottles. My wife eventually made me throw them out. I talked to her about it today that I had this interview. I'm very excited to introduce the founder of John Paul Mitchell Systems and Patron, John Paul DeJoria. Thank you for coming on the Raz Report. Oh, my pleasure, Jason, and thank you for having me on here. Yeah, so like your story is well known, founding two of the most successful companies. But before we go into your background and your upbringing, what gave you the confidence that you could go into stores and get them to buy your product, John Paul Mitchell Systems? Very, very good question. <clears throat> Well, it turned out that we had an advertising idea, an advertising campaign going, a promotional campaign, but ended up starting with no money because our backer pulled out. So the thing was, one has to use, shall we say, their own initiative to get out there and do something a little different. So what I did in this particular case with no money, no nothing, is I went knocking door to door. We chose the professional beauty industry because they knew we knew that they knew about hair. So I went right up. In fact, I was in California at the time, right up Ventura Boulevard, which is full of beauty salons, and went knocking door to door selling my products. That's how I got it, got it, got it going there. And there was no other way. Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, how tough was this and how long did you stick at it? And I'm sure we'll get further into our interview with how you stick something out. And how long did it take before you knew you were successful before you really went over the hump? It was two years. The way we knew it two years was it took us two years to pay our bills on time, not pay them off, Jason, but pay them on time. And then we had a couple of thousand dollars left over. This took us two years. We thought, hey, we made it. We got our bills on time. So we were very, very happy about that. And I think what happens is when you have a high quality product, you don't go into 
the selling business. If you have a product that is a service, you don't go into the selling business. And that's where a lot of people make a mistake. And I'd like to just share this with your, your people here is this. If you have a product that is so good that people want to use it over and over again, and you put your attention into the quality of that service or that product, you're going into a reorder, not everything you can do to sell it to somebody. You want that quality there in such a way and user-friendly that they'll want to reorder it, or if it's a one-time service, tell other people about it. So that was the main thing. So I could actually go out there and tell the beauty salons, my product is so good that if you wouldn't mind buying a dozen of this, a dozen of this, a dozen of this, we've only had three products when we started, by the way, that within 30 days, and I'll show you how to use it. Within 30 days, if it's not the best product you've ever used and really, really like it a lot, I will come back and take back every bottle you haven't sold or used and give you your money back. Now, that's fair enough, isn't it? Of course, I would nod my head. It's like that's the confidence we have. Risk-free. And I, I mean, I listen, back in the day, I used a lot of different gels. And then when I got to yours, it had a green little corner thing to say it was the gel that made your hair look shiny. Yep. I bought every bottle and I had a whole drawer. This is back when I realized it's not your idea. It's executing and reaching out. And, and that's like your persistence to go knock on the doors. Were you nervous at first? Oh boy, I sure was. However, I had that experience prior from a child uh, selling Christmas cards uh, at a very young age. I wasn't even 10 years old yet, door to door. So I got some experience talking to people. Then I had a newspaper route from 13 to 15 years old. Uh, and of course, I'd have to talk to people to get new orders or to collect money at the end of the month. So I had a little experience talking to people. But where I had the best experience, and I really want to share this with your listeners, it's one of the real keys to success is when I was selling Collier's Encyclopedia in my early 20s after I got out of the Navy, door to door, commission only, even during your five days of training, you don't make any money. So you, and it's, there's no leads, it's door to door. But I heard something they said, and it was this, that very few of you are going to really make it, but some of you will make it big. The big difference is going to be this, overcoming rejection. If you knock on 50 doors and every one of them is politely or not politely close in your face, be just as enthusiastic on door number 51 as you were on the first 50 because that inertia is going to keep you going. A lot of you won't be able to do that. The average length of time of an encyclopedia salesman selling door to door was three and a half days in the field. They got so discouraged, they say, nope, nothing here. Okay, we're knocking door to door, it's all cold calling. I happened to believe what they told me I was young and I thought, well, they must be saying the truth. But for me, it wasn't door 51. It was more like door 101, you know, but I just kept at it till finally I got an order. So the other real rule to being extremely successful in anything you do is be prepared for a lot of rejection. If you're prepared and you know it's coming, it's not going to put you off and you're not going to give up. You'll keep on going because it's going to happen. You just have to remind yourself of that. When the going's tough, the tough get going. Be just as enthusiastic on every single door. And no matter what people tell you about your product, you're not going to make it. Get a better full-time job. Get on a salary. Don't do this anymore. No, that's rejection. I knew we could do it. I believe in the product. We had no money. We just needed enough people to try it and use it. So that's amazing. John Paul, I feel like 
Um, should I call you John Paul or Mr. No, JP, my, my uh, friends call JP. me JP for short. JP. So I feel like this day and age, people, maybe the younger people, go and try to make sales or they get, and they get told a no, they get discouraged, and they start surfing social media and things come up. How do you <coughs> tell a young person, ignore the noise? Like, you ignore the noise. You're one of the few. I mean, obviously, you ignore the noise. You did your thing. But, like, what advice could you tell someone who's in their 20s that is trying to make sales for Benzinga products that we have events and all that? And they oh, get discouraged. When, yeah. Right. Well, let, let's go into, though, uh, I, I'm not interested. Very important for new people, okay, to start out in business. And my rule is three. Get three no's because every time you get a no, it doesn't mean they don't like it. It means that you're not helping them make the right decision because maybe you didn't tell them the feature of the product and how it benefits you. Always hold at least one feature back. So if you have three good features, tell them two. Hold one back for the next one. So it'd be a matter of this. If somebody says, no, I'm not interested, I have too much product, anything but yes, you have to understand they're coming from an area of what they believe inside or what they're thinking at that time. You don't want to go against them and all of a sudden you're now defending one each other, of another's uh, position. So what you do, first of all, is get on their side with easy words like, you know, I can appreciate that. The most powerful words, I can appreciate that when somebody says no for any reason. However, I can appreciate that. However, our new Paul Mitchell, the conditioner, you can leave in your hair. It's good for your skin. It's a moisture treatment, a protein treatment, nucleic acids, helps prevent the blow, uh, blow dryer from damaging your hair more. And I know that if you had it in here, that it would be that successful. So here's what I'd like to do. What I'd like to do with you to prove this to you is instead of taking a dozen each of, let's say, the conditioner product, how about you only take six each? Let me come in and show you how to use it. And then in a period of one month, if it's not the most happiest thing you've used and the nicest thing and you really want it forever, I will come back and take back every bottle you haven't used or sold off the shelf, make sure it's reusable material and give you your money back. Is this fair enough? Never once, <coughs> excuse me, other than on one time, did anyone ever ask for their money back? And the one time, and I believe it was out of a... Uh, uh, Connecticut, it turned out to be a counterfeit product, not the real Paul Mitchell product. They bought it at a drugstore. Anyways, so, but it worked because we knew the quality of our product was there. So agree with the person. And if they say no again, you can say, I can appreciate that. However, I know this is something that you'll really, really enjoy because look, put it in their hand and you can show them, put your hands together. It also neutralizes chemicals in your hands and it's very good for your scalp. And I'd be very happy to come in and give you the same offer with only three bottles in there to show you that it really works. Your people really like it. And again, if any of it is left at the end of three months, I don't care how small that order is, I will come back, take back every bottle you haven't used or sold off, give your money back. Is that fair enough? Now let's go into free advertising. There's so much free advertising out there. We had no money, so we looked for it. Most communities have a local newspaper for their community. Now they're disappearing, but they're still out there. They are looking, or even regional, they are looking for local people or even their city, even a big city like uh, New York, Los Angeles, here in Austin, Texas, that's becoming a bigger city. They have newspapers. They want to know what local people are doing. They definitely want to know that. So go to them and tell them. Tell them. Here's my product. <coughs> Excuse me. 
I'd love to have an article. Here's why it's different. Here's why it's unique. And here's how in our community, I built this new business of mine. They're always interested in things like that. Go to your friends and let them know what you have, especially those that are on social media. And if they like it enough, tell them to put it on their social media. Hey, so-and-so has this. It's a new, unique product. Here's the feature of it. Here's the benefit of it. You may want to give it a try. In other words, go. And if everything else has already been done and you still want to get out there, go knock door to door. It's for personal people. Just knock door to door. Hi, I'm Henry. I live in the next town over. I've got this new product I want to share with people. Go door to door. You'll get a few closer in your face or say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. But do something that is different. If it's a business product, go to an office building and go door to door in that office building. Do something and just sit back and figure, hmm, what can I do next? Oh, here's a big event that's coming up. I wonder if they would like me to be there to show what I have, especially community events or even church events. They have big events. I like new people there in the neighborhood, especially it may have something to show and something to give. Also, I mean, I could go, oh, ahead, Let's go ahead. No, I just, you said also you're to say one more thing. Yeah, one of the last thing I want to throw in there is also when you start getting customers, be sure you always have their name, phone number, and address. And maybe even a month later, write them a personal little card. They're very cheap, inexpensive cards or a little card with your name on it saying, I want to take this opportunity as a new entrepreneur to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be of service to you. Here's my number. In any way I can help you out, please let me know. Or anyone you have as a friend, I'll gladly do it. And then Handwritten. Love and happiness. Handwritten. All the advertising. And, and handwritten that, that letter? Handwritten. And, and so you basically, you write a letter saying, it was really nice, pleasure meeting you. Let me know if I could ever be of service to you and bring you happiness. And like, that stands out substantially. Right. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to be of service to you. It's very quick to write. Sign your name to it and then print your name underneath and be sure to put your phone number or email on there. That's, a, that's, a, that's amazing. And I can only imagine if social media, what it was, was what it was when you started John Paul Mitchell Systems. I just came back from the Michigan National Championship. We stayed at the team hotel, made many friends of players. But you would be there hustling, giving them their the bottles so that they would use it and say, hey, if it's worthwhile, then great. Like you would, you would take advantage of social media way back when if it existed. And you would go to the people, oh, yeah. maybe the Kardashians or whoever they were back then. You know? I, now going just back to your story, your upbringing, you um, you don't know this. You're an inspiration to many. I mean, you, you obviously know some people read your story, Hiroshi Elger Award. I know what Hiroshi Elger is all about. When I was younger, I was trying to build companies, and one thing led to another. I mean, I went to undergrad Michigan Business School, but I was a startup guy, and the first two I didn't follow through with, and then the persistence. I ended up living in my car for a short period of time. I'm like, oh, this is Great. And the reason I say this is great because I was reading stories like yours. I'm like, one day I'm going to write a book from living your car to be an ultimate success. Well, now it's like 25 years later and the company I started, Benzinga, we uh, sold a majority interest to private equity in 2021 for a nine digit digit number. I didn't have all of the equity, but the moral of the story is there's many nights where I felt like giving up at 4 a.m., I would wake up with as much anxiety as you could possibly manage or your heart is beating out and like, and you just want it to slow down and you're so stressed. And, and then I came across you. This is going back 25 years ago. And I read about not only you being homeless twice, the deal at the 11th hour. I got so much to say, not going to the restaurant and them giving you all that food to 
black and white bottles. Every other hairspray bottle and gel and hair product was all in color. You were in black and white because it was a three cents a print versus eight cents a print. And all this stuff is what made you today. Can you go into some of that? But like from the bottom of my heart, um, I don't think I'd be here today without learning about your story way back when. And I'm like, if he can do it, maybe I can do one tenth of it. And thank you. Thank you. You betcha. In in that particular area, boy, do we have some disappointments. Starting out, I think the first, uh, shall we say, priority was for me anyways, was to eat, have a place to sleep. (laughs) And I was too embarrassed to tell my mother my life wasn't going good now, mom. I kind of made a boo-boo. I changed my life around just two prouts. I never, ever told her. So I had to figure out how to eat and how to sleep. And my budget was $2.50 a day to eat off of. But I found a way to do it. What kept me motivated, and I think what all new entrepreneurs or existing entrepreneurs should know is this. We're on this planet for so many years. If there's something you truly believe in, especially in America and many other countries of the world, you can do it if you believe in yourself, have a high quality product that people want to use and tell people about. Don't give up. And may I give you all a slogan to look at when things get really, really bad. It's like, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm now out of money. They said no. They said no. I'm going to be five days late if I can even pay my bill. What do you shift over to? Because then your mind gets clogged with every little detail that comes along that bugs you, you try and take care of. Building a business, this is so important. And please, folks, write this down on a piece of paper and you can just stick it on your bathroom mirror. It's these words. Pay attention to the vital few. Ignore the trivia many. All too often, pay attention to the vital few. Ignore the trivia many. All too often, things start happening, they go wrong. And you see everything around you that's going wrong or every little thing you want to do to kind of occupy your time or get back to thinking about your challenges. Pay attention to the vital few. Ignore all the trivia many. And do that throughout your life. Do that throughout your life and you'll find time to think. Another thing to do, and this is very, very important, it really helps out. At night, when we're starting businesses or we're having challenges, we don't sleep sometimes. We think about the problem about no money over and over and over again. Does it solve the problem? Nope. (laughs) But we think about it. And I had that problem, especially paying bills, right? I didn't have any money. So here's how I overcame it. Before I went to bed, one night I just did this. I took a tablet and I wrote down everything on my mind. I just wrote it all down. Here's this problem. Here's that problem. Here's how I'm hurt. Here's what I I wrote it all down, right? The things I thought about, uh, you know, I so-and-so was mean to me, whatever it is, I wrote it all down. If it was something so simple as so-and-so was mean to me, it's easy. Oh, that's yesterday's newspaper. I can't change that. I was nice. He wasn't. I hope he has a better life. He's probably an unhappy person. But write down everything on your mind. A lot of them will be answered as you're writing it down. Just cross it right off. Put it on that piece of paper. Go back to bed. If something else pops up, jump up immediately, write it down. Because next time something bops in your head that night, immediately you register. I don't have to think about it anymore. I already wrote it down. I'll think about it in the morning. And you would be amazed how that simple thing worked and was able to go to sleep. Simple as can be, but I was able to go to sleep. When you wake up the next day, it's there. It's not going to go anywhere. Another thing I did also, I enhanced it a couple of weeks later, where when I put down what I was thinking about the next day, and again, it was a few weeks before I came up with this one, 
I prioritized what it was. Here's number one priority. Here's number two priority. So when I got up and I felt good, I knew what to do. Also, what do you do different as an entrepreneur to give you that energy? Everything went wrong. Terrible day. I have my list here. My gosh, I got to get energized again. How do I make my day a little bit different? Every time you exercise or do something with your body, there's extra endorphins that go through it. What I do about three times a week, and I still do it, you got to exercise or you're going to die young. Exercise, you'll be healthy. I did something simple. I was in gymnastics. Well, I can't get out there and have a side horse again and a rope to climb up all the time. So what do I do? Personally, it's three days a week. It takes two minutes a day. It gets almost every muscle in your body. I went out and bought for $29.95 the perfect push-up. Some people call it the Navy SEAL push-up. There are these round things you do push-ups on and you turn. You start out with maybe two or three, three or four. Well, I'm up to 30 for the last year. So I would do 30 of those the way they show you how to do them, 30 of those. And then uh, you you pump that out like that within, let's say, a little over one minute. I would wait a half a minute and then I would do another 15. I wait a few minutes and then I would do 10. And that's my whole, that's it. That's my exercise. So I got myself going. And then I discovered something else that if in the morning you take and start with five minutes, wake up in the morning, do what we normally would do. And that's go to the bathroom. But on your way to the bathroom, get water in your system. Take a 20 ounce glass, fill it before you go to bed with water, room temperature, put it between you and the bathroom whether it's a nightstand or in the bathroom, right? Before you, before you urinate, drink half that glass of water down and then go to the bathroom. When you finish going to the bathroom, drink the other half down. Now you've got 20 ounces of water in your system, which you really, really need. Now go right back to bed. Go right back to bed, okay? You've got that water in your system, which are negative ions, already you're putting humidity in your body. Now, Stay in bed for at least five minutes and just be. I mean, you can, you want to be sitting up, okay? Just be sitting up, close your eyes, and just be. Try and think of absolutely nothing in the world but just being there. Now, our mind wanders. So what do you do? Open your eyes and just look at maybe the wall. Look at uh, the TV sets over there. The door's over there. The wall is great. Bring yourself, look at things around you, bring into present time. And then just focus on one thing and just be. Try and get five minutes of being. You'll have interruptions where maybe you could just be with nothing in your mind for five or 10 seconds and it wanders. Bring it right back again and just stare in the center and just kind of get into a meditation for at least five minutes. If you can't do that, close your eyes and just think of, oh, or just think of any one thing. Think of a blank wall, a white blank wall in front of you, if you can, for 10 minutes or so to meditate. Now your mind is a little more relaxed. Your body's more energized. You got water in you. And I promise you, you're going to start your day feeling a little bit different. And you do this every day? Uh, I do it just about every day. So it's like a meditation form and you've been doing it for a while. Yes, sir. I sure have. Oh my God. I mean, that, and it doesn't that take just, long. The thing is it doesn't take long. It's five, 10 minutes. It doesn't take long. And it's just, when you get up, drink a 20 ounce glass of water, then lay down and literally have your eyes open, stare at a wall and just try to have your mind be. And if you can't, then, or think, uh, if you have to think of something, think of a white wall. 
Just think of a white wall, period. If your glasses are closed, a white wall. Focus on that. And again, the water, 20 ounces is pretty hard to put straight down if you're not used to drinking a lot of water. So that's why I say drink half the glass on your way to the bathroom. The other half is your reward for going to the bathroom and go back to bed for five or 10 minutes and just try and beat. Sit up, don't lay down. Sit up and do it. If you lay down, you're going back into a sleeping mode. Okay, the sit-up part is important because I was just thinking, okay. Yes, sir. And then do you notice after, um, JP, after doing that, the rest of your day is a little better? Is that what kind Yes, of- beyond any question of a doubt. And you've kind of re-energized your body opposed to waking a couple hours before you really, really wake up in a big way. Okay. Now, fellow entrepreneur Noah Kagan interviewed you recently, and he gave me a question to ask you. We're going to get to that in a second, but we're going back to the days when you live in your car or you're mainly homeless living on a bench. Were there any scary nights when you were back then? Were there any memories you have where it was like, besides telling your mom that you didn't have money and being embarrassed, but were there anything that you were physically scared ever or just you found a place to live? And you know, yeah, I, I would call it, it wasn't scared. I was never scared because I was down and out before. If that I was down and out before when I was in 23 years old with a two-year-old son where the wife deserted. She couldn't be a mom anymore. She just left. <laughs> Anyways, that was really down and out. Okay. She took the car, the money, everything, didn't pay any bill. That was really, so I had that experience a little bit before. So it was a bit easier, but I think instead of using the word scary, I'd say my biggest concerns that kept me awake. And those were the things that I mentioned I ended up writing down. And I'd say the biggest concern I had. Was, you, did, you did that way back then? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah, this is yeah, this is starting out. This, this is going back to the early days of Paul Mitchell. A lot of worries there. A lot of worries. Uh, but anyways, the biggest worry then, I should say concern then was, okay, I've got so much money in my pocket. I've called out so many accounts. And my next concern is, you know, how do I, how do I get into the biggest distributor here? Because I can't do this forever myself. And I had no money, no staff, no nothing. And my partner at the time was a hairdresser. And he did the same thing in Hawaii where he lived with his girlfriend, Jean Bra. They did it together door to door, salon to salon. And of course, I did it in California where I lived at the time. So you, you, you kind of look at what you have. So mine was, okay, what's the next thing? And one of my biggest things I'll tell you overcame, and it was really a worry is how the world I get distribution. So, and that was really early, like the first couple of days. Okay. Oh my God. How do I get someone to do it? Cause I have no money. So here's what I did. Okay. The first 12 people I sold to, and I'm a pretty good salesman, I think. I look everybody in the eye. I tell them the truth. I give them features and benefits. I had them write me a check. They were anywhere from, let's say, $30 to maybe my biggest one was $125, something like that. But I would leave it blank on top. Okay, they wrote me a check. The products were in the car. I delivered the products to them, and they wrote me a check. Well, it took me about a week to get a dozen people. And then the next thing was, I want to go to a distributor. And I know that it's going to be tough. I have no advertising, no promotion. So I've got to convince them how his salespeople can sell this, why they're going to do it. Next thing is, I have to convince him to give me all the money now because I had no money. My bills were due. <laughs> I didn't have any money. It took two weeks to get the product. I had 30-day bill. We had 15 days left to pay the darn bill. I needed money right away. So I found a creative way to do it. I added 5% on to my entire price for the distributor. I went down to Paris A. Speedy in LA and I talked to the president, Jim Henrietta, and I showed him my three products and I told him how each one was unique one shampoo instead of two, conditioner you leave in your hair. In other words, to save time and money. And then I will go out there with your salesman and help sell it. Will you give us the opportunity? Of course, the normal questions came up. How many salespeople do you have? Me. 
how much for advertising? None. Uh, do you have a massive amount of accounts? I mean, in other words, you want me to build your line for you. Uh, guys, we're Paris Ace Beauty Supply. We have the biggest lines in the world. Are you kidding? Why in the world would I want to do that, JP? Take out an order and an, an, a product line with the order that isn't known that I have to build for you. Why would I want to do that? Okay. You tell me. I pulled out of my pocket 12 orders, put them right in front of them, 12 checks. I said, see those 12 checks? Those are your first customers. I wrote it. I left it blank. You fill your name out. I've already delivered it for you. And I will come back and work with your salesman and show them how to do the same thing. Well, this got his attention. Now, in those days, we were very hard up. We needed the money. So I said, if you'll only buy $2,000 from us, you could have the exclusive on everything from Los Angeles County to down to Mexico, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, all of it. Orange County is yours for just a $2,000 opening order exclusive. He laughed his head off and said, okay, I'm going to give you a chance, but you better be here, you know, when the products arrive, okay, and be here selling it with my salesman. I'll give you an opportunity to slap his head off. And I said, sir, there's one more thing, though. Could you please give me a check when the product arrives? We're brand new. We're starting out. We really need the money, and I will be here. He laughed again and said, we're Paris Ace Beauty Supply. We don't pay our bills for 45 days. No, we don't pay them in advance. It's 45 days. I said, sir, I can really appreciate that. Very important words. I can appreciate that on any note. However, I'll give you an extra 5% discount off if you'll pay me when the order arrives. Is that fair enough? And he said, he laughed his head off again and said, okay, I'll do it. He came to our 25th anniversary. By the way, we've been in business for 44 years. He came to our 25th anniversary and told the story and said, and all of a sudden, within two minutes, I get a call from my warehouse man around back, a big warehouse. He says, Jim, there's some guy in here dropping off products on her loading dock, wanting a check for $2,000. He said he was just in my office two minutes ago. He went around back, handed me the check, laughed, and of course, the rest is history. So like the defining that those days when you were struggling, what I would describe it as you were the ultimate scrapper, scrappy, resourceful, create creative. Like if you want to say, how do you get from living homeless or being in a car? It's scrappy, resourceful, creative, and kind. Like those are like the four things that I, and maybe like passion. Are there anything I'm missing out of that? Jason, you brought up one of the most important things of it all. I'm so glad you brought it up because I'd like to comment on it. And that's the word, be kind, be positive and kind. People like to be around kind people. That's why if someone says, no, I don't want it because I can appreciate that. However, you're being kind. And after three, but still three no's say, always end it with, you know, Thank you for giving me the time to show you my new service here, my new products. I really appreciate your time. And whatever you're doing in life, God bless you. And just thank you very, very much. Maybe one day in the future, we may cross paths again. Thank you for being kind enough. If there's anything new or unique, I'll, I'll be sure to stop by, at least let you know about it. Thank you. Peace, love, and happiness to you and your family. Be kind. Never not be kind. No matter what someone says or does to you, don't be kind. I mean, be kind. Be as kind as you can, even if they're not kind to you. That's a good one, sir. You hit them all. Kindness is okay, really big. And ju just a few more questions, but that reminds me of Blockbuster's slogan, be kind and rewind back in the day. That was be kind. Yeah, it's like be kind. So yes, one of the questions Noah Kagan didn't get to ask you, he said, what is like a, a day in the life for you now versus 
um, what it was like in the 80s when you were doing John Paul Mitchell. Well, Kagan, sir, and yourself, Jason, and all your listening audience, I can tell you the biggest thing right now in my life, the biggest of them all, is I could sleep at night. I don't, because so many nights I go to bed worrying about I can't pay the bills, I can't eat, where am I going to live? I mean, there were so many nights like that. So every night before I go to bed, I do this every night, is thank you, creator of souls, for this opportunity you've given me to see other opportunities in life and make it. Thank you very, very much, creator of souls. I really appreciate it because I'm so thankful for it. And it just it just makes life much better if you're thankful for what you're doing, you're going forward. The other big thing in my life is I grew up and at six years old with 10 cents, my mom showed me how to give because we had no money, but she wanted to help out and helped out once with the dime. And she showed my brother and I how to do it. I never forgot that. So now what's really changed my life is I can find homeless. There's thousands of homeless that I'm helping here, for example, in Austin, Texas, and California, and different places throughout the world. I can help people out. I'm making enough money now where I could build and pay money to build uh, millions of dollars worth of little houses for the homeless people, food, shelters, help people that are distributing food to the homeless and people that are in need. They're going around collecting it from stores and restaurants. I can help people uh, build gardens. I can help people out. I can help build schools in countries that don't have education for women. I can do this is a big deal. So yeah, that's a lot different. I can do these things. It's my purpose in life and help others with good experience. And, and you don't, and you don't use email, you, your text messages, but you never, when you're building Patron, how do you get distribution without like using email? And like, it was just phone calls. People, your assistant gave you phone numbers and you just call people. Uh, another excellent question. It was similar to, I started Paul Mitchell. When I started Patron Tequila, uh, I knew nothing about the tequila business, nothing other than drinking it a margarita or drinking it straight. So here I had to learn. I knew that once I found that really smooth tequila, and the story obviously is in Good Fortune, the, the documentary that was made on me. But uh, I, I found that if I could find something, which we found out, a really smooth tequila, by gosh, it's something I would drink. And the United States does not have anything like this whatsoever. So that's when I thought, okay, I had enough money uh, because Paul Mitchell was doing well. We were in business nine years, making some pretty good money. So I went ahead and bought 1,000 cases, 12,000 bottles. It was the best there was. I knew it. There was nothing like it, but it was expensive. So I went out to sell it. The first thing I did was I went to Wolfgang Puck, who was a friend of mine at Spago's Restaurant. It was a big restaurant in Beverly Hills. And I said, Wolf, check this out. He said, JP, that's the smoothest tequila I've ever drank. I said, would you carry? He said, of course, I'll carry it for you. I'll give it to a lot of my celebrities friends. We went around to distributors. Nobody would take it. They said, you've got the smoothest tequila. No one would, no one would take Patron back then. No one would take, no, not one distributor. Here's why they said it's the smoothest we've ever had. However, tequila is not a big business. It's four or $5 a bottle. You're charging $37 and 95 cents a bottle. No one's going to buy it. We finally found someone that would buy it. All they sold was wine. And we convinced them that if you'll just buy a couple, and we did the same thing, $2,000 worth or you know, a few hundred cases, we went really low. I will personally come in. And by that time, I was, I was known a little bit more with Paul Mitchell commercials and such. Uh, and I will come in personally. I'll give you a sales meeting. And by the way, we'll, we'll, we'll land you someone like Espagos. And Martin, my partner at the time said, and I'll land you uh, Baja Cantina Marina del Rey, which he already did. They said, really? We'll take it. They took it. 
But in one year, they only sold about 1,200 cases. That was it. So we dropped them as a distributor. We knew we could do better. We took on a big distributor, one of the great big ones of the United States. It was actually a big brand that was in distribution. Well, you take us, you get a piece of the action. It's the best there is. And of course, you make what you normally make. They said, yes. After a couple of years, they were only doing about 12,000 cases a year. We sat down with them and they said, guys, we're going to tell you the truth. You have the best tequila in the world, no doubt, but it's too expensive. You'll never do more than 20,000 cases a year. We got to tell you the truth. We dropped them, come with another distributor. They took it up to 70,000 cases a year. We knew we could do better. We took it back ourselves and were our own distributors to the other distributors out there without using one of the big boys because we knew we could do better. So people will understand this and how this is important to understand. When the experts tell you you can't do well, but you know you can. When they tell you you're limited, but you say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to break all barriers. When I sold Patron five years and six months ago, it was over 3,500,000 cases for the brand that was never supposed to do more than 20,000 cases a year. You're doing 17,000 with the big distributor. You decide to take it internally and distribute to the small distributors. How do you even go from 17,000 to 100,000? Was it cold calls? Was it, I mean, you were a little, you had a little bit of brand yourself. I mean, I know it was the smoothest tequila ever, so maybe it was word of mouth. I just like, what is one or two tips? I mean, that just sounds exactly like 17,000 to 3.5 million is what you said? That is correct. And what we did was when we go to you know, three and a half million. So what we did. Casey, I know it just, it sounds yeah, so what like we I, did I can't even fathom it. Yeah, you know, One took it higher. Jim, uh, the, the one that took it up to the 12,000 a year. Okay. That we dropped, we took it out with the bigger one that got it up to 70,000 cases a year. And they said they could probably grow it bigger. They thought they'd grow it bigger, but we thought we could do a better job because it was already on its way up now. Now, in the meantime, what helped me out? Paul Mitchell, hair care. We'd have a big event in Las Vegas where 3,000 of the best hairstylists and students would come to, serve them all Patron free, free. It was that good. They went home and asked for it. So, of course, they helped us. Wonderful people. Clint Eastwell, I'll give you an example. Clint is a beautiful human being. I gave him Patron, and in, I believe it was 1991, he called me on the phone one day and said, JP, he says, are you going out with that girl, Eloise, still? I said, yes, sir, I am. In fact, I'll probably marry her. And I did. Okay. I said, well, I hope you impress her. I have a new movie where I'm a Secret Service agent in the line of fire. And you want Love to that movie. I said, sure. I'd love to go to the premiere of it. So I said, I went, I said, I have a surprise. I went down there and Clint was nowhere around. He was someplace else doing, I think, another premiere. But his producer found me and sat me down in the middle of the theater next to him and free popcorn. I'll never forget free Pepsi. They normally have Coke. Free popcorn and Pepsi and a big premiere, right? So here I'm all impressed, impressing the girl that I think I want to marry here. You know, hey, we got seats next to the producer, free Pepsi, free Coke, and we're watching it. Clint never said a word. We were watching it. The only thing he ever drank in the movie was Patron tequila. And the most critical party sitting with a bottle of Patron in front of him and sipping it, trying to talk the terrorists out of killing the president. And later he followed it up in an interview uh, where he said, the only two things I drink are a good red wine and Patron tequila. So a lot of pals of mine that, that I like, that like me, just got on the bandwagon and did it. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, because of the quality, the rappers got into it. 
Over 200 songs were written about Patron Tequila. We didn't pay for any, they just liked it. Over 200 songs with Patron in it, and the country and Western industry got in it also with songs about Patron. So all of a sudden, it just became a cultural thing, and all of a sudden, a really cool thing, and it exploded. Now, when you look ahead in life, before I sold Patron, I had another tequila, and it was called Bandero wasn't launched yet. It was just a tequila that was to be the smoothest tequila and organic ever with no additives. Patron, of course, and I don't blame him, when it was sold, the company said, JP, you cannot compete in tequila on anything for five years. I said, fine, it's fair. In fact, if it wasn't in a contract, I would do it just out of respect for all the money you gave me. So I did. So in April, it was up. Now Bandero's on the market and I'm going to relaunch it. I'm going to launch Bandero's. I'm putting it all together right now. Very similar to the way I launched. A lot of it is going to be through word of mouth people. And we'll have some promotion advertising in there. In other words, don't give up on anything. And even when you made a lot of money, like you did very, very well, Jason, with your, uh, your, your, uh, the people that were your acquirers of your company, but yet you're still at it. When you love something, you're at it. Like I still love it. I don't have to work. I will never retire. Because of what I'm into right now, what I know about the medical world and the medical things I'm into, I will live in this body to be at least 125 years old, minimum, maybe even older. I'm already on that program right now, and these things do work. But to me, I'll never retire because I love what I do. I love who I do it with and who I do it for. So you, and I, you, I teach even to Paul Mitchell schools to be kind to people and give to one another. And we've already taken so much of your time, but you, you have a passion to not, like, you don't want to sit around. You want to do things. Like, I sit here and say, my health, out of a 1 to 10, my health is a 2. Like, I, I not eating healthy. I, I have a doctor that says I'm over these numbers, and I, I went, I did the Zempic, and then I started, you know, and then I got sick through, you know, can't keep anything inside you. It was gross, all that stuff. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I got to get healthy, and I, I haven't. I know it's just discipline and or just creating habits, and I, that's a bad habit. But like you, you have a passion for. It sounds like you have a passion for creating, not just being healthy, but creating brand that you think you can do better. Like this Banderos, like I'm excited to like see it and write about it. We um, Benzinga is a financial media company, but we sometimes write about. Like Isaiah Thomas has a champagne. We wrote about it's the number one result in Google for best champagne that we wrote about. So when you're ready for us to write about that, we'll be happy to do a review on it. And then let's, the, let's, let's stay with what you just said, please, because this is so important for you and your life and all of your listeners. 50% five zero of all diseases that exist would not exist. I read and I was told, okay, by many people, if you drank enough water, just water, period, just water. If you drank enough water, what is enough water? Enough water is you take your weight you cut it in half. Take me, okay? 170 pounds. Cut me in half. 85 pounds. Convert it to ounces, 85 ounces. That is ideal, or at least get close to it. That's why I wanted to start everybody out with 20 ounces in the morning, because it's hard to drink water all day long, okay? But you got 20 ounces under you to start with, and maybe after you take your vitamin pills after breakfast, drink some more between then. Now, you're going to go to the bathroom a lot when you do this. So slow down at three in the afternoon, because when you drink this much water, you're not used to it. You may get up two, three times at night to go to the bathroom, right? But your body's going to 
adjust to it, but uh, try and slow down on it about three. Try and do most of it before three in the afternoon. You'll be amazed after one week how much better you feel. A lot of people ask me also, JP, is there any book you can recommend to us to read that you think is one of the best books for everybody? And yes, there is one. It's 90 or 100 years old. It's in every bookstore. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's one of the best books ever written. And don't forget, whenever you talk to somebody, look them in the eye. Look them right in the eye. And when they're looking at you and talking to you, don't say a word. Be a good listener. God, so I wish this was five hours long. So much I'd like to share with you, Jason. I'll come back on whenever you want. Last, last question I have to ask you. Since you're a creative force and you're, you're the, one of the best American dreams and your story should be taught in every school that someone attends, it's so inspirational. Again, like when I started this company and before that, I was ready to give up on life and give up on things and you were one of the guys that you didn't know, but I would just rewatch clips and you changed my life without knowing. And it's such an honor and so grateful to even have the opportunity to be here. So just thank you so much. And I guess I'm going to ask something for Benzinga. We're a financial media company. We're distributed through basically every major brokerage, our news and data, and we do subscriptions and we, and we cover other media. We do sports, anything creative you think we could do to get, stuff we write out there more in the mainstream like anything if you were if you own benzinga how would you get the word out more i feel like you would have a different tack than i would what i would suggest sir is let me research a little bit more into benzinga so i can be more knowledgeable in whatever advice or suggestion i may possibly make and i will do that for you i will do it and, and i'll shoot it and see what we can do sir and i'll shoot you a note just describe but i again i just want to th thank you so much um Oh, the last question was, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? But I think you've already given it. So I don't even know if you need to share it because you've given so many gems. So. I will throw it in again, though. The best advice I was ever given, it's actually twofold. One is be prepared for a lot of rejection. You're going to get it. And don't let, don't let it affect you whatsoever. Second That's one great. is be kind to one another. And America, by the way, people still works. It really does. Don't list all the baloney on the news. America still works. Peace JP, you are, an Amer you are an American hero. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. Thank you, sir. Thank you.